Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo celebrities here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Bravo Papers. Today is a special episode, or sorry, this episode is a special episode, um, because I'm going to be doing a Bravo Paper deep dive into the Richard sisters. You know, a lot of people have been kind of asking me about them. They're very interesting. I mean, who brings better drama than the Richard sisters? No one, in my opinion, um, because there's just so many layers to it. It's so complicated. It's off and on, like they're talking and then they're not talking. And then, you know, two sisters will gang up against one and you know, it always seems like, you know, Kyle's on the outs, but then on the other hand, it's like Kathy and Kim or Kathy and Kyle are, you know, trying to take care of Kim in a way because of her uh, addiction issues. It's just a mess. And, you know, the reason I kind of this topic came to me was because of what happened recently with Kyle and Mauricio. So although that doesn't necessarily directly involve the sisters, it still does in some ways. There is some connections that I will get into. And I do think that their history, etc., has in many ways, well, I mean, and of course, because everything affects everything, but in many ways has led to this moment. Um, now, you know, this episode is going to be sort of, or these Richard sisters episodes, because there's going to be more than one, um, because there's, you know, there's a lot to say. I'm not sure how many I'm thinking two is probably good. Um, it would be three parts at the most, but I think one of the most interesting things about it is their mother. Now, the reason I think this is because it's sort of like, how did all this happen? And I'm not like one of those people who's like, let's blame the mom for everything. No. However, (laughs) you know, that being said, it's like people do that, right? They're like that being said. And then like anything you say after that is, um, can go against what you just said before that. But, you know, in this case, they make so many references to their mother and which I would never really think twice about that. However, what makes me think twice about it is that other people's accounts of their mother are so starkly different from the way that Kathy, Kim, and Kyle talk about her. Um, I think most of the stuff we've heard about her has been from Kyle because Kyle's been on the show the most and has had the most camera time. Um, But, you know, Kim has made references and Kathy's made references. And even like one of their biggest falling outs was over their mother because Kyle wanted to make that scripted show 
that was, you know, as Kyle would say, loosely based or um, inspired by, but not, you know, not a true story, but inspired by real events, right? So she always was trying to differentiate that, um, you know, by their mother's kind of past and the way that she raised them and, you know, being a single mom in Hollywood and trying to get her daughters to be famous and all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about it a little bit. So in order to do this, I needed to get a book called House of Hilton, which I have right here. It's by Jerry Oppenheimer. Now, I'll give you a little preface in that it was written in the early 2000s, kind of like in response to Paris Hilton's emerging fame and how she just kind of blew up. So, (coughs) excuse me, the book is meant to look into how Paris Hilton kind of became who she is, who she really is behind closed doors, right? And her lineage, like where she came from and how she came to be. So, you know, there's some things in it that I took with a grain of salt, like, you know, there was some of that, like, really that early 2000s brand of sexism where it's, like, really, like, slut-shamey and stuff. Um, And, yeah, I see that kind of trickling in there here and there. But, again, you know, most of it in terms of the accounts of the Hiltons or, you know, Kathy Kim and Kyle's mother, it does mostly come from, like, family friends or family in some cases. So yeah, just keep that in mind. It is like an unauthorized uh, type of biography, but it is well-researched. I'll say that. Um, There's a lot of interviews with people who were, you know, had direct relationships with the sisters or with um, Big Kathy, which is what they referred to their mom as. Or what other people referred to her as. I don't know if um, Kyle, Kim, and Kathy referred to their mom as that. But um, that's what we're going to be referring to her as in this podcast. So it was kind of hard to get this book. That's where I want to start. It's tough to find. I don't know if it's just out of print. Or there was a part of me that was kind of like conspiracy theorist, like having a conspiracy theory moment where I was like, did Kathy Hilton like get this book kind of canceled? <laughs> like, Honestly, like you can't find it on Amazon. Um, I tried the Canadian Amazon. I'm trying to remember if I tried the American one. I think I did. And then I tried like, you know, the biggest books bookstore chain, which is like in Canada, which is Indigo Chapters. And okay, so then I asked my sister-in-law who lives in the US. Um, and she looked in like, you know, Barnes and Noble, all that stuff, and she couldn't find it either. And she texted me and she's like, you know, because she watches Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she was like, yeah, maybe Kathy did. Maybe Kathy is making sure no one can get to this book again. Um, Because when it first came out, like Kathy Hilton was pissed about this book. Um, She, you know, threatened family members and people like, I will never talk to you again if you do an interview for this book or if you say anything or give them any information or whatever. 
Um, you know, she kind of passed the book off as like fodder, you know, reality TV or not even reality TV, but just like tabloid fodder. And, you know, she was really anti this book. Um, and now it's quite hard to find. So my sister-in-law ended up ordering it for me on eBay. That was how she had to find it. So we had to get a copy on eBay and it's a book that, like, if it was in Barnes & Noble or one of those kind of stores, it would probably be, like, $20. Because it's, like, this kind of, like, I don't know. It's kind of like this, like, low-class biography type of book. I don't know how else to say it. But, you know, I had to pay, like, 50 bucks for it because it's, you could only get it on eBay. So it's, that part I thought was kind of crazy. Um, and, again, it could just be out of print that happens. But I don't know. I think Kathy Hilton has a lot of power. <laughs> I can see that happening. Um, all right. So let's kind of start from the beginning, which is that based on what I've read in this book and based on what I can piece together from the sisters and their recollections of her and all that kind of stuff, it seems like you know, it seems like Big Kathy, which is their mom, has kind of like, again, I, I don't like to diagnose. However, I'm just saying my own opinion, okay? She seems like if the accounts of her are true, that she might have some kind of like maybe narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder, or even borderline personality disorder. And I think once you hear some of the um, people recounting some of the things that she did and say said, you, you know, I think a lot of people might agree. Um, and, you know, in some ways, it almost seems like Kim, Kathy, and Kyle have like a, you know, a Stockholm syndrome or something, where, you know, they kind of each deal with the memory and the experiences from the past with their mother in a different way. Um, is that what it's called? Stockholm syndrome. Let me just make sure. Okay. Yeah. So obviously their mother was not like someone who was like kidnapping them or taking them hostage, but it's like, you know, they talk about her like she was like the perfect mother, right? Like if you've seen them talk about her on the show, you'll know. They talk about her like she was like an angel of a mother. But Again, like I said, the accounts are quite different. So this is what I kind of see from the three of them. They have this sort of dysfunctional mother figure and who was, it seems like maybe had some kind of alcoholism, um, which again, kind of makes sense when we, you know, think about Kim Richards and everything that she's been through. So keeping that in mind, because there's a lot of accounts in this book about problem drinking and you know, Big Kathy being a uh, an alcoholic, you know, allegedly. Again, everything I say in this podcast is alleged. I don't know. This is not all facts. Um, I'm just giving you the information from the book and just my opinion. So first of all, there was one thing I thought was really interesting is that each of the three children are so different in, you know, many ways, but then they have some overlaps and similarities, of course. Um, but, you know, they've each kind of handled life in very different ways, I think. Um, so one thing I looked up was that often children of alcoholics 
have some sort of some standard kind of, you know, I guess, dysfunctions that they fall under. Now, that doesn't mean that they're like cursed with that for life, but these are things that often come from being raised by someone who's an addict and dealing with that. Specifically, I guess, it, you know, from what I saw, it was mostly talking about alcoholism. Um, but, you know, Kathy, Kim, and Kyle do kind of fit some of these profiles. So they're sort of like psychiatric profiles of children of alcoholics. And the first one, well, it's not the first one, but it's the first one in my list, because um, I'm going to start with Kathy Hilton, who's the oldest sister, of course. But she really takes, she really seems like the enabler, quote unquote, which is one of the different profiles. So, you know, Kathy was like, she had a different father than Kim and Kyle. So that's key. She didn't really have a consistent father either because, well, she didn't, yeah, she didn't have a consistent biological father um, because her father was, you know, he was poor and troubled and him and Kathy's mother, Big Kathy, got divorced at, you know, I think Kathy was pretty young when that happened. I think she was just a baby, if I'm remembering correctly. So she didn't, she never knew her dad, nor did they have a relationship later in life or come back together. That never happened. Um, and she didn't really have a consistent father until her mother remarried the man who is the father of Kim and Kyle. And then he became like a father figure for her. Um, I think she even or he even like wanted to adopt her. I don't think it ended up happening, but he wanted to. Um, so, you know, the enabler is in many ways and little Kathy, which is what I'm going to refer to the two Kathy's as. Okay. So little Kathy is Kathy Hilton. And I know when we watch her on Beverly Hills, it's hard to think of her as little Kathy, but in this case we have to, because big Kathy is the mom. So big Kathy is the mom of Kathy, Kyle, and Kim. So Kathy Hilton, little Kathy is in some ways like the hardest the most hardcore when it comes to denial. And I think that this is because she's the most like their mother and she kind of wants to maintain the illusion of their mother as kind of perfect no matter what. Again, like the difficulty of getting this book, her extreme anger towards Kyle about the TV show, like anger to the point that she wouldn't talk to her, um, that, you know, they were uninvited uh, from Nikki's wedding, Nikki Hilton's wedding, like just so many things, right? She seems the most like completely dedicated to the kind of idealistic memories that the girls create for their mother and, you know, of their mother's parenting style, right? Like if you think about it, Kathy, and we're going to get into this later, but Kathy really followed her mother's footsteps in terms of how to raise your daughters. She also raised two daughters who she encouraged to become famous, to marry wealthy men, etc. And, you know, she kind of had the success with Paris that her mom was always looking for in her. So I do think that Kathy is the most like spitting image of her mother in terms of, I mean, appearance wise, definitely, and also definitely personality. Okay. I mean, Kathy has like this carefully constructed image of like a high class Hilton royalty, 
which is, again, why we were so also entertained by her, because, you know, from what I'm hearing and reading, she's not really that way inside. And she is from a much more average background. Okay. Um, you know, it's kind of reported that she's like, she doesn't seem like she's the brightest or the smartest, but she is cunning. Right. And she is like shrewd. Definitely. Um, and yeah, she parents the most like her mom, not strict, um, super nurturing, but obsessed with making a name for her daughters, even though they were already born into the Hilton family. So we'll get into that. So there's definitely some like enabling with Kathy. Like, I don't think she necessarily wanted to see the realities maybe of her mother or maybe because it turned out well for her in some ways. Like she did end up marrying well, quote unquote. She seems like she does love Rick and like they are happy together. So maybe because it worked out for her, she kind of sees it like, yeah, maybe my mom's, the way she went about things was a bit unorthodox or whatever, but like, you know, it turned out well, right? So she might have that perception. Now, Kim, Kim Richards in a lot of ways is the sort of, you know, she's got the kind of middle child <laughs> syndrome happening. Um, she definitely has the most trauma. She has, is an alcoholic as we know, and I suspect an addict, a addict of maybe other substances. But again, I don't know. That's just a suspicion. Um, but again, it seems like there's maybe a genetic alcoholism at play. And again, I don't know for sure, but there is a lot of references to Big Kathy being an alcoholic. Um, in some ways, I feel like Kim is the most honest one in how she acts out. Like her alcoholism and addictions, like they are a clear reflection of her trauma from her childhood. Even before, like when I first started watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I had no idea that any of this stuff about Big Kathy or about like just anything. I was like the average viewer who went in like completely naive. I didn't even know like Kim and Kyle were childhood actresses. Like I didn't recognize them, like nothing. Like when I watched the episode and they were like, oh yeah, Paris Hilton's our niece. I was like, what? And then, you know, I didn't really look into who their mother was. I could have Googled it when I started watching the show. But over the time, the more they talked about her, then I started getting more interested. But even before all of that, the way that Kim talked about her childhood as an actress and just her clear mental health and addiction problems. Like, I suspected something. I was like, I wonder if this girl was abused or something like that. Because it just, something seemed off, right? And I think, you know, she's obviously kind of had this trauma from her childhood. And it seems like she's been kind of like, I don't know, almost like beaten down for it. You know, I sometimes I feel like Kyle and... Kathy little Kathy Hilton um sort of feel like they need to keep Kim under control um cuz first of all they obviously they do love her I'm not denying that any of these sisters do not love each other um but they ne need to kind of keep Kim under control because it kind of reflects badly on the image of their mom and their childhood right so hence maybe why they really didn't want to speak about the addiction initially, how they're like, you know, we're initially trying to hide it. Yes, I'm aware that it's like the first season where Kyle outs it, but that's like in a fit of anger. And that was like one of those very, very real and raw moments 
on reality TV. Like, I do not think, and I know there's a lot of people who, like, I'm not a big Kyle Richards fan, trust me, but I do not think that she went into that filming and that scene maliciously planning that she was going to spit that out. Like, I think it was, like, vitriol that just came out in response to what Kim said about her stealing her goddamn house. So, I mean, so it seems like, you know, they have to kind of protect Kim in some ways from herself and that they're also, they're not just protecting Kim, though. They're protecting, like, the whole story of their childhood. Because, you know, especially if somebody is under the influence when they are, you can't control what they say and do, which is maybe why it was such a delicate moment as well. And her being on TV was so delicate and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, Kim is like, she's so broken. I suspect abuse. Again, I don't know for sure, but a lot of, there's a lot of chatter. You'll see it online of people like speculating that there may have been sexual abuse because she was a childhood actor. And unfortunately, and as we have learned in a very, you know, real way from the Me Too movement, there's, you know, there's sexual abuse in many industries, okay? It can happen anywhere, but it's definitely in Hollywood, right? Especially in Hollywood when there, where there's a lot of people with money and power and who have things to offer people so they can easily cover it up. Um, and we also have to think about like when she was a child, right? Like we're talking like 70s and uh, 80s, I think, right? So it's kind of like, or maybe she was older in the 80s, but, you know, it feels like a lot of child stars were broken due to this. There are so many who grow up to have addiction issues or, you know, depression, suicide, like these really terrible things. And not all of that is because of sexual abuse, of course, because there's also just other issues, mental illness, you know, just maybe just bad parenting or whatever. There's a lot of different reasons. Um, but, you know, there's so much talk about like Big Kathy looking to please rich men, get into Hollywood, have fame and success. You know, there are a lot of people who say that maybe she just kind of, quote unquote, looked the other way or maybe just didn't notice because she was too busy with her own like contentious marriages, which she had multiple, not to mention alcoholism. And maybe Kim just wasn't as protected. Right. Like, I'm not going to say like, oh, she, you know, whatever, like. Gave her out to these men or something like that. I have seen people theorize that online. We, there's no proof or evidence of that, though. Um, but I will say is that, like, you know, if Kim spent a lot of time on sets and her mom wasn't always there and she was working and her mom had two other kids and was doing other stuff, you never know, right? Um, and Kim, despite, you know, all of this, you will see as I go through the book that Kim desperately wanted approval and attention from her mom so much. Um, instead, you know, she was kind of used like to make money. And I think, you know, she got attention when she was doing well financially. And then it seems like maybe sometimes she may have felt ignored. Um, and in some ways it still feels like she's trying to please her mom. But I don't know, a part of me feels like she loves her mom so much, but then on some level she hates her. So I don't know. It's hard to say. But um, Kim kind of, 
I think also expected the most praise because she was so successful as a child. Um, but I don't think it got her like the real affection that she wanted from her mom. Like, I think she, I think her, like any other little girl wants like that real love and affection just for just being your mom's daughter. Um, but you know, she missed out on school. She missed out on socializing because she was working so much. She paid for the family's lifestyle. It seems like she has a lot of resentment for this, which she takes out on Kyle mostly. Um, cause she sees herself as being like having been like a workhorse. Um, and you know, I think cause of, because of her alcoholism and addiction, she gets shut down by Kyle and Kathy a lot. And I think that's tough for her because she was at, you know, at one point, especially in regards to Kyle, she was like the breadwinner, the caretaker, the older sister. And now it's almost like she's been pushed into like this child role where it's like, she's like the troubled child who needs to be taken care of. And it's almost like Kyle has taken over as the older sister. Um, she's really like infantilized due to her trauma and addiction. Um, so this goes back to the, like the labels or the profiles, I should call them of the problem child and the lost child. So that's one of the profiles of children of alcoholics that they can often, you know, be considered like the one who, you know, also turns to addiction or ends up being kind of like, I don't know, in some ways like neglected or ignored or they cause the most problems. Like they don't, you know, conform to the rest of the family and they they are the one that ends up needing to be like taken care of and looked after because they have lots of issues, etc. So that to me, like Kim fits that perfectly. Um, you know, there's also the idea of like Kim is so obsessed with her kids. You know, I think she's a great mom or has tried to be as best as she can. She had a lot of kids. Um, you know, it seems like that might be a way to have family that can't abandon her, right? I'm not saying she doesn't genuinely love her kids and didn't genuinely want kids. She does. But I do think it maybe came from a place of, you know, wanting family that will always be there for her. Um, you know, she's very attached to them. Like they have really, they are really like her whole life and her identity when she's on the show. I think even one of her taglines is about being a mom. Um, and, you know, and Kyle, it's not that Kyle and Kathy are not like very involved moms as well. Like Kyle definitely is too. And, you know, I don't mean that they're not, but I mean that Kim, it's almost like on another level, like that we even see, I think it's in the first season where Kim is like, you know, struggling to let one of her kids just go live elsewhere with her dad just for like one summer. Um, and the fear that Kim tells Kyle is I'm worried she won't come back. So there is like that kind of abandonment fear, maybe. Now we have Kyle, who's the youngest. Um, I think it seems like based on what I read, Kyle had the most normalcy due to being the youngest. Like she got to go to school, have friends, even though she still did work a lot. I think a lot of people who are like Team Kim, you know, like to kind of downplay how much Kyle worked. But Kyle did work a lot, to be fair. Um, and you know, there's even a part, and we'll get to this when we get into the book, but there's a part where somebody recounted that, you know, there was one point where Kyle was getting a little bit more work than Kim and that Big Kathy kind of used it to sort of, you know, shame Kim in the fact that she was kind of like not getting as much work as Kyle was at that time and being like, oh, well, look how much work Kyle's getting. Like, why aren't you getting that much work? Like that kind of thing. 
So Kyle really fits like the profile of the hero, which is one of the other kids of alcoholic profiles, which is like someone who kind of tries to come in and like, you know, hold things together and like rescue everyone and that kind of thing, which I think if you know anything about Kyle Richards and you're a watcher of the show, you already know what I'm talking about. Again, you know, she was, I think, somewhat oblivious when she was younger because she was the youngest. And so she wasn't around her mom, like just mathematically. She wasn't around her mom as long as the other two were. So there's that. Okay. Um, She also got the most normalcy. And because Kim did overall, Kim, oh, sorry, I just hit the hangers. Um, you know, I'm in the closet right now, the, the walk-in closet for any of you that listened last week. <laughs> um, but you know, Kyle kind of like, how do I say this? Kyle kind of sees, I think, because she is maybe had the most normal childhood in some ways. And because she kind of got to do the most like normal stuff. I think Kyle does kind of see that her mom was like different. Like she talks a lot on the show about it, about how her mom like had no rules. They would be at like Studio 54 and she would bring Kyle with her and like just like, you know, and how like that is not the way that she raises her daughters. And like she basically says that in confessionals. Um, And that being said, Kyle still wants to paint a happy picture of Kathy, of big Kathy and her, you know, the mother-daughter relationship. Like she does still encourage that kind of idyllic picture when she's reflecting. I think she takes pleasure in being like the most normal, you know, like, oh, I'm the one who turned out like, right? Um, She likes to project like that perfect image of a mom and wife, you know, I don't know if that's maybe because she ended up with kind of like an average guy against her mom's wishes. Now, you might be thinking like, okay, Mauricio is like a multimillionaire now. He's like the biggest real estate agent in uh, in the U.S. He wasn't when they got married and he really didn't have anything. And he was like, didn't come from like a rich, you know, blue blood family. And Big Kathy didn't want Kyle to marry Mauricio. So he didn't fit like Big Kathy's profile of the type of men her daughters should be marrying. So there's that. So, you know, that could be kind of why Kyle is so like obsessed with, you know, sort of fulfilling her mom's wishes, even though her mom is passed. You know, it's kind of like she's still trying to fulfill that. Um, She's also the caretaker of Kim, right? She always reminds us and said it a couple times in confessionals that her mom When her mom was dying, her mom asked her to take, said, please take care of Kim. And Kyle likes to let people know that. It's almost her way of being like, my mom basically told me that I'm the most functional, best one, right? I'm the strongest one. I'm the most normal one. I'm the most well-adjusted. So it's my job to take care of this mess over here. Okay, I'm not saying I think Kim is a mess. I'm saying that's kind of how Kyle implies. Um, And I think because she's trying to be perfect all the time and be liked all the time and be the normal, well-adjusted one all the time, that's why she spins out, right? That's why we see her like have these like breakdowns sometimes where she can't stop crying. It's like she can't breathe. 
you know, and I still think she still wants like the fame and the riches, all the stuff that her mom wanted her to have. And she's still trying to like almost prove that to her mom, even though her mom's gone. Hence her desire to be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to create a scripted show um, to support her husband in becoming the most successful realtor, even if it meant kind of screwing over his brother-in-law, which is Kathy Hilton's husband. And she's also like a very, you know, she's talked about how she's like kind of does that attachment parenting style. She's a very involved mother. She's very close to her kids. Like she wants to be like the mom mom, right? Um, she, I really think in some ways she sees Kathy Hilton as like a embodiment of her deceased mother because they are, you know, little Kathy and big Kathy are very similar right? So I do think that Kyle thinks the way that Kyle does things is the most normal and she's the most normal, which is why she's like easily influenced by outsiders like Lisa Rinna and those types of people. But at the same time, I do think she fears Kathy Hilton because she's kind of like her mom and in some ways like holds the most power because she's the oldest, you know, she married into that like prestigious Hilton family. She's not like dealing with the alcoholism like Kim is, right? So I think that's why when she's not getting along with Kathy and they're in contention with one another, that's why it bothers her so much. Obviously, because it's her sister, first of all, but that's why she has these extreme outbursts of emotion. Like we saw at the last reunion, like temper tantrum, complete breakdown. Because she also just, she cannot stand to be the bad guy, okay? She can't take any responsibility or fault some of that could be because she was the youngest. She kind of had it the easiest. She can't handle this kind of stuff. She's not like as tough because Kim and Kathy, they did go through a lot more, it seems. Okay. And I'm not saying that means Kyle didn't go through anything, but it just seems like it seems like they saw more for sure and were exposed to a lot more. And I think in some ways, Kim is trying to run away from what she was exposed to and drown it out maybe, you know, and escape it with alcohol. And it seems like Kathy is more of a, what I was exposed to was for the best. And it was all the right thing to do, even if it hurts sometimes, which is why she's kind of taken after her mother so much. So that's what I'm kind of thinking about the three of them. That's my sort of like, you know, profile, I guess. And again, just my opinion, not like facts. Okay. Um, but, you know, in order to really understand all this, we have to start with their mom, Big Kathy. So Big Kathy was Irish Catholic. She was the oldest of three girls. Um, you know, many people like, you know, friends, a friend who was interviewed said uh, she was quite vain, like very concerned about her looks. Uh, her dad was in politics and he was seen as like a progressive kind of politician. So as a kid, you know, she attended St. Mary's school. She was the leader of like the A-list uh, clique. And according to Jenny Haller, uh, sorry, Halloran, who is a child, was a childhood friend of Big Kathy. Okay. She was, you know, Jenny says that Big Kathy was like the leader of the clique. She had a, you know, quote unquote power at school. Okay. 
So a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about with Kathy's like childhood and stuff at school will come from the quotes from Janny in the book. Okay, so all of this is according to House of Hilton, and they did interview Janny, who did uh, go to school with Big Kathy, and says that she was one of her best friends. So again, I'm sure Kathy Hilton would say that girl was never close friends with my mom. She made it all up for clout, whatever, but I'm just telling you what is in the book, okay? Um, Janny actually remembers Big Kathy spitting in another girl's hair and then gloating about it and giggling. Um, Janny confirms that, you know, Big Kathy wasn't the smartest academically, but she was smart in other ways, but she had behavioral issues. You know, she couldn't follow the rules. She jumped, you know, jumped from school to school because she would get kicked out, you know, so she was a troublemaker, right? Um, but one of her positive attributes that, you know, we kind of see embodied in her daughters is acting and singing talent, okay? So, she apparently was a had a beautiful voice, sang beautifully, you know, was uh, you know, had some acting talent. And it's funny because Jenny says her favorite songs were Summertime and Danny Boy, which that rang a bell right away. Like when I saw that, I was like, what is the episode? And I went and did a Google. So season three, episode three, Kyle goes on about Danny Boy being her mom's favorite song when David Foster plays it at the dinner party. Um, you know, when David and Yolanda were on the show and were married, which was, you know, maybe one of those dinner parties from hell, but still. So I thought that was interesting. To me, that gave a little bit of credit to the book. Um, now, another childhood friend, uh, Christina Demetri... Dem Oh, God, I'm really bad with pronouncing last names. Um, Demetre? It's not Dimitri. It's Demetre, I think. Um, described Big Kathy as a total lunatic and very different from everyone else. So that's a direct quote. Um, you know, they all said that Big Kathy, when she was a kid, she loved to like flirt and like, and this is the part that I was talking about with like the early 2000s things. Like she loved to like tease the boys. So whatever. That's, I don't know. I think that's a little misogynistic, but anyways, but they all, you know, many different people say the same thing, which is that she was extremely inhibited about sex. Like she wasn't like going out and sleeping with a lot of different people or anything. Um, so there was a boy, Bob Conkey, who was Big Kathy's crush as an adolescent. Uh, and apparently she went as far, according to these friends, to pull the fire alarm one day just so that she could have the day off and then she could go find him. <laughs> um, and they interviewed Bob Conkey in the book and he said that she used to call him in the middle of the night to talk to him and his family would get mad because she'd wake up the whole family. So she was very like a determined woman, like I'm going to get what I want, you know. Um, she was head over heels for him, according to her friends, but he didn't feel the same way, but he did find her attractive. Um, her friends also said that, you know, she would wait outside of bars, you know, even if they didn't have a date, you know, her and her friends would drive all over town, like looking for him some nights, see what he was doing. Um, but if they did find him, he like wouldn't give her the time of day. Uh, once he graduated, she would like write him letters every day. So yeah, it seemed like, you know, there was that little like kind of stereotypical like boy crazy quote unquote thing. Um, you know, her friends also say like she stood out. She was like had like a unique fashion. She would like try things that other people wouldn't. She was really like flashy, glamorous. Um, her friend Christina's mom 
recalls that Kathy was quite self-involved. Um, and Christina, which is, again, Kathy's childhood friend, describes Kathy's parents as remarkable, quote unquote. So this I thought was really interesting. So Christina's parents say that basically Big Kathy's parents had no rules and would just like let her run amok. Does that sound familiar? That sounds a lot like Kyle talking about her mom. (laughs) So it seems like maybe that's how Big Kathy's parents were. And then she copied that parenting style with, you know, with her three girls and also had no rules. Right. Um, So Christina was like, yeah, the kids would run amok. They could have tons of friends over. They could party. And her parents would just like come in, see them partying and just go up to bed. Um, And Christina says they would like basically ran the house. There was no structure, no real like attention from the parents. And that was why Big Kathy was acting out all the time because she really, you know, she wanted that attention. She was very into like celeb magazines and that kind of thing and would go to Manhattan with her friends on the weekends. So one story from her friend, uh, Janny Halloran, who I mentioned earlier, says that one weekend they went to Manhattan and, you know, they would go just to like hang out, find boys to flirt with. And she said she wanted to go to like some poetry readings, but Kathy didn't want to do that. She wanted to buy water pistols and shoot people. So yeah, she was like obviously like a that kind of, you know, I don't know, rambunctious young young woman. Um she also recalls that they went to Manhattan and Kathy flirted with an employee at the Hilton Hotel and that he actually invited her to stay in the rooms that were being renovated and they did. They ordered a ton of room service, but then the next morning they got caught, their parents were called and again, Janny also confirms that the parents did nothing. Like there was no punishment, nothing. So, yeah, she was, you know, she had this very, like, loose, no rules kind of attitude, which makes sense, right? Because parents who do that often have kids who will often, like, act out because they want, you know, kids crave structure. They want to know that you care about them, right? And if you have no rules and you let them do whatever they want, like, that actually sends the message that you really don't give a shit about them. Right. So I it sounds like that was what she was looking for. Um, And her friend Janny says that there was one time that her parents went to visit a that. Sorry, Big Kathy's parents went to visit a relative in Nebraska. Kathy was so mad that she painted the whole house in gold uh, gilt, toilet seats, switch plates, frames, walls, even her own portrait. And that Big Kathy was like, if my parents are mad when they get home, they deserve it. And when they got home, her mom said, and this is a direct quote from the friend, Kathleen, this is very pretty artistic. You did a great job. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, doesn't seem like even with her most extreme misbehavior, she was getting the attention that she wanted, Um, which, again, you know, in some ways, it almost makes me think of Kim. Not that Kim, like, did stuff like that, but, you know, Kim had already had issues with alcohol, like, before her mom died. Like, in some ways, it could have been a cry for help or, you know, trying to get her mother to keep more of an eye on her and pay attention to her in some way, right? I don't know. That's just, again, that's just a maybe. Um, Just a theory. So, Kathy eventually quit school. 
Okay. Cause obviously her parents had no rules they didn't make her go back. Um, but she continued like going to social functions as though she attended there. And she did eventually kind of get her shit together and go to acting school. Um, and she was in the same. Okay. So fun fact, she, she dropped out. However, the graduating class that she would have been in if she hadn't dropped out included Robert Redford. So he graduated from that class. However, she dropped out because she fell in love with a guy named Larry Avanzino, who is Kathy Hilton's father. Okay. So apparently, you know, big Kathy, she fell in love with this guy, Larry, and she also loved setting people up. Right. And we see this later when she has her daughters. Like she loves like trying to set them up with like rich men. And she did this with her friends too. Like she would introduce them to guys. And she even like set up one of her friends, uh, Linda Eden, with her future husband. And she was like really proud of that. Um, okay. So there was these three boys, the Avanzino boys, they were brothers. Um, two ended up really successful businessmen. And one who was the one, Larry, and the one that, you know, Big Kathy ended up marrying. He ended up having, like, a more difficult and tragic life, right? And, like, one of her friends even said, this is a quote, Kathy could have not, sorry, Kathy could not have predicted she chose the loser. So basically, like, he was really hot and, you know, Kathy had this big crush on him, but he was also really spoiled, like Kathy. And because of this, like, he didn't have, like, the discipline, etc., to kind of, you know, go down the same path as his brothers who were more successful. But, you know, he was handsome. He was charming. He was manipulative, though, and would lie. Adults fell for it because he had, like, so much charisma. But he, again, like Kathy, he didn't, like, care that much about academics. So it, it seems like him and Kathy actually had a lot in common, right? Um, again, he apparently had alcohol issues as well. And he met Kathy in 1957. They were both like wild, like nonconformists. And in 1958, eight months after they got together, they got pregnant with who we now know as Kathy Hilton. Apparently this was in the backseat of a car, by the way. So Kathy, big Kathy demanded that he marry, uh, he marry her you know, I guess like this was the fifties, right? So it's like, you have to do like the quote unquote honorable thing. Um, she was madly in love with him and the, her friends who were interviewed for the book kind of say like Larry just didn't seem as committed, I guess, as Kathy was. So however, Ken Avanzino, who is Larry's brother, saw it differently. He said basically Kathy always gets what she wants and she wanted Larry. So there's kind of an implication that like she got pregnant on purpose or something. I don't know. Again, that's Larry's brother's opinion. So we have to take that with a grain of salt. It's not like Kathy, big Kathy, like never said that. There's no quote or anything. Um, now, Larry's parents did not like Kathy. They didn't want him to get married. You know, despite the pregnancy, they wanted him to stay in school, try to get a degree, but they got married. So on March 13th, 1959, uh, Kathleen Avanzino was born, future Kathy Hilton. And meanwhile, you know, Kathy and Larry, who are uh, Kathy Hilton's parents, had a volatile relationship. So 
According to friends, they had huge fights. She one time threw a bottle full of milk at his head. He punched her like really bad. Okay. So there seems to be like violence, dysfunction. Um, you know, according to her friends as well, Big Kathy was at home, like feeding the baby, taking care of little Kathy, and he was out like partying and drunk. So yeah. So in that sense, it's like, you know, it seems like she was in an abusive relationship with an alcoholic. Um, so not an easy situation, especially when you are, you know, young and having your first kid, obviously. Um, so according again to Kathy's friends, you know, she, little Kathy, Kathy Hilton was like her only kind of shining light in her life because she was such a beautiful child. And this is when big Kathy started having dreams of like stardom. Like she was like, oh, I didn't make it, you know, as an actor and a singer because I didn't have the discipline and I dropped out. But my daughter, my baby is gorgeous and she's going to kind of fulfill my unfulfilled dreams. So, you know, she would take little Kathy on the train to Manhattan, put her in auditions for commercials, things like that. Um, and, you know, Larry, meanwhile, was not really involved in Kathy's life. She never really knew him. And they got divorced two years later. Um, and around this time, Kathy met Constance Bannister, who was a photographer who created like the pinup baby concept, which sounds really kind of icky and weird. But anyways, she loved little Kathy and she photographed her, which by the way, big Kathy signed the rights to the images away. <laughs> but anyways, Constance would go on though to later help with Kim and Kyle's careers as well. So she was like kind of one of those key people that when Big Kathy met her, it kind of helped get the ball rolling for the three girls to have entertainment careers. Um, and little Kathy Hilton got a role in a dial soap commercial. Fun fact. So yeah, she had her own little kind of stints with acting as a kid or as a baby, I should say. But you know, I, you know, spoiler alert, her career never really took off. Not the way that like Kim and Kyle's career took off. Okay. So around this time, Big Kathy met a man named Kenneth Edwin, and you will recognize the last name, Richards. He's a successful business executive who was 20 years older than her. Okay. Who made a very good salary and lived like a high life. Um, however, there was one problem besides that he was 20 years older. He was married, but that didn't stop Big Kathy. Um, <laughs> so there was a big crack in his marriage, right? His wife had a drinking problem, which is kind of ironic because later on, Big Kathy ends up having a drinking problem. But anyways, his wife had a drinking problem. And, you know, so things were already like, I guess, shaky for the two of them. So Big Kathy meets him at a party and she is like, oh my God, I want him for myself. Eventually he does divorce his wife to marry Big Kathy. And this does not sit well with his kids who say basically she was a gold digger and they did not attend the wedding. Okay. So I'm going to read you a little excerpt from pages 80 to uh, pages... I guess it doesn't matter because you are listening to a podcast, so why the hell do you care what the pages are? But I'm going to read you a little expert from the book. So I kind of like bookmarked these two pages. Sorry if you can hear the pages because I thought these were important. Okay. So these are kind of like the first 
firsthand accounts in the book of Big Kathy also having, you know, like violent streaks and acting out in kind of bizarre ways. Okay. Which these are like some of the reasons where I'm kind of thinking it's possible she had some kind of like personality disorder or something like that. So um, Diane Richards, who is 16, and her brother Ken Jr. were at home watching television late one evening. So so basically Diane and Ken are the children of um, Ken Richards from his first marriage with his first wife, who the one who was the alcoholic. Okay. So they're at home watching television late one evening when a policeman, accompanied by a shouting and angry Kathleen Dugan, which is Big Kathy, um, a woman the Richards children had never seen or even heard of before that moment, appeared at their home, um, which was Stewart Avenue in Garden City. Quote, we answered the door and she started ranting and raving, going on and on, making incomprehensible accusations about my mother, trying to make it seem like my mother had done something to her, says Diane. The police officer had accompanied Kathleen to the Richards's home because of an altercation that had just happened involving her and Evelyn Richards, who'd been rushed to the hospital. So Evelyn Richards is the first wife of uh, Ken Richards. Um, So arriving at the emergency room, Diane and her brother found Evelyn in agony. One of her ankles had been seriously injured, and she was in a foggy state. It was very hard to understand her speech, recalls Diane vividly. She was in a state of shock and a great amount of pain, and she was drugged. Richards's wife had gone to the restaurant bar that she and her husband frequented, more likely to confront Big Kathy about the affair. So, okay, so... Obviously, Big Kathy and Ken are having an affair at this point. Um, The two women had words. Another restaurant employer later told Mrs. Richards that she saw Kathleen put, quote unquote, knockout drops in her drink, which is wild. Um, Earlier in the evening, the co-worker had warned Richards's wife, be really careful when you're dealing with Big Kathy. They're saying Kathleen. I'm just saying Big Kathy because it's easier for you, the listeners. Um, What happened next at the restaurant remains a dark memory for Diane. Kathleen drugged my mother and then followed my mother, who was staggering, trying to get away out to her car, a Lincoln Continental that had heavy, heavy doors. As my mother was getting in the car, Kathy purposefully slammed the door on her ankle and crushed it. The whole thing, the knockout drops slamming the door, was intentional. When we got to the hospital, her ankle was horribly mangled. After we got home and my mother came out of her drug stupor, she said, who was that maniac? She couldn't believe what had happened. In a cast for weeks, her mother's injury eventually healed, but the assault had remained with Diane ever since. I believe Big Kathy came to the house with the police officer to try and turn around what really happened to put the blame on my mother. She was going on and on trying to make it look like my mother had done something to her. As I later learned, Kathy was good at doing that sort of thing. My mother most definitely was the victim. Kathleen, or Big Kathy, never apologized and showed no remorse. I think there was a part of her that was missing, observes Diane. She had no conscience. Meanwhile, Kathleen aggressively pursued Ken Richards, even showing up unexpectedly at out-of-town hotels when he was on business trips. Richards later told his third wife, Sylvia, that Kathleen was all over him because he had money and she was determined to get it. 
Kathleen, quote-unquote, deliberately got pregnant around January 1964 in order to rope Richards into marriage, just as she appeared to have done with Avanzino. When she told Richards that she was with child, he secured a Mexican divorce from his first wife. Diane Richards asserts that Kathleen contributed heavily to her parents' breakup, even though the marriage was already in trouble. Okay. So obviously that is a stunning account. I mean, the thing that's the most shocking about it is that it's coming from Kim and Kyle's, like, sister, right? So they share a dad with Diane, right? Diane Richards is their half, is as much their sister as Kathy is. So, you know, it's, she's a reliable source, Like, I don't know why she would make this up. I guess, like, you know, maybe Kathy Hilton would say, like, for money or something. I don't know. I don't even know, like, was she paid to do this interview? I have no idea. It doesn't... I don't know. So it's kind of crazy that this happened. Okay, I'm just looking up Diane Richards, Kyle Richards' sister, to see if she comes up. Okay, so it's... Like, you can't find pictures of her, but it's, you know, noted or confirmed that there is other half-siblings, which, like, is crazy because you really never hear about them. Like, you never hear about them from Kim and Kyle. And these are their half-siblings, you know, as much as Kathy is their half-sibling. But it seems like, again, like, the girls are very, I don't know glued together from the mother connection. And again, like, we'll get into more kind of why. Um, You know, although Kyle has shared pictures of her father on social media and talked about him um, and has mentioned that, like, she was her dad's sixth child and stuff like that. So I'm going to kind of gather up some of the pics that I can and put them together in an Instagram post on my at the Bravo Papers Instagram so you can kind of look and see. Because it is really interesting, actually. And, you know, a lot of the old pictures are pretty cute, too. Um, not that that's why we're here. We're not here for cute. But, you know, they still are. Okay, so Diane's brother also co-signs all these recollections, by the way. So this is not like Diane out on her own. Um, so Ken Jr. also co-signs the recollections of Big Kathy as violent, having no empathy, and as the main reason that his parents got divorced. So, yes, there was the alcoholism, but, you know, his kids, his other kids do say it was mostly because of Big Kathy interfering. Um, So Big Kathy and Ken basically had to live with Ken's mother. So eventually they got married and they had to live with Ken's elderly mother, Moni, who, you know, suffered from osteoporosis um, and, you know, needed care, I guess. So Diane recalls that one day Kathy was like cracking up laughing, big Kathy, and that Diane asked her like what was so funny. And she told Diane that she had fed Monty dog food for lunch, which if that's true is just like, like really fucked up and like sadistic. Like why? Like, uh, ugh. Um, so on another occasion, apparently Monty had got out of the house and Big Kathy had to go find her 
and like trigger warning, you know, there's this is kind of like elder abuse. So I just trigger warning in case, you know, this is hard for someone. But, um, you know, she dragged her back to the house. And according to Diane, who witnessed this, threw her down on the concrete floor. And Diane was terrified. Um, Ken Jr. also claimed that Big Kathy tried to kill his mother by allowing or yeah. Oh, sorry. Not Ken Jr. I got that mixed up. So Ken later claimed that his, because eventually they got divorced, but later claimed that his ex-wife tried to actually kill his mother by allowing her to wander off during the winter, which is like just extremely fucked up. Um, you know, Diane says Big Kathy was violent, intimidated her, knew that Diane was intimidated by her and would kind of like take advantage of it. Um, but you know, this is just kind of what's going on in the household. And then on September 19th, 1964, Kim Richards is born. Okay. Um, apparently Ken had wanted to adopt Kathy. Okay. So Kathy Hilton. But at this point, because he was basically right, like she was the oldest at this point, but he was raising her as his own. Right. But Big Kathy would not allow it and never did. Because according to Sylvia Richards, who is Ken's third wife after he divorced Big Kathy, um, According to her, he wanted complete, or sorry, she wanted complete control of Kathy Hilton's career in case she had one. So this was still like, you know, Kathy Hilton was young, was still like trying to be like an actress or whatever. And I guess like Big Kathy, like just in case she blew up and became famous, Big Kathy wanted control of everything. Okay. So again, this is according to Sylvia Richards, who is the woman that Ken marries after he divorces Big Kathy. So you know, Kim's got to work right away. Okay. So Big Kathy put little Kim to work just a few months after she was born. She was in a Firth carpet commercial. And Diane Richards basically said the only good thing about the marriage between her father and Big Kathy was that, you know, she got to have little Kathy around because she really wanted like a sister around. So apparently they did bond and they had a close relationship when they were young. Obviously, I'm going to assume they don't now after all this stuff. But anyways, they did at the time. Okay. Um, you know, and Diane, though, maintains that Big Kathy assaulted her father many times and was abusive to him. And that one night they got into a fight. It escalated. She woke up and Kathy and Kim and Diane all came downstairs and I guess one of them had left the basement door open and Kathy, big Kathy, tried to push Ken down the stairs during their fight. And Diane said he was holding on to like the doorway for his life and that Diane was scared to death. So I think that was like, you know, she recalls that that was like a big moment for her in terms of like realizing how dangerous big Kathy could be. Um, so along with, you know, now that Kim is around and she's like getting some acting gigs or whatever, Big Kathy really wanted Ken to like get a new job in LA so that she could move to LA and really pursue the kids acting careers in Hollywood. They did eventually. And even on the way stopped in Philadelphia because Kim landed a commercial for a brand new diaper company called Pampers that we all know now. 
Um, and apparently Kim did like a ton of these types of ads, including like Ivory Snow, things like that. So as you can see, you know, Kim Richards was like making that money from like six months old. So, you know, Diane also recalls that once they got to LA, you know, Kathy was always mad at Ken because like with his new job, he wasn't making enough money. And she was like, it, you know, it was more there was just like more flash to be had like in Hollywood. And she wanted like the clothes and the money and she wanted to like appear a certain way. Um, and she also recalls that Kathy advised her that she should find like rich men to date, basically. <laughs> um, Diane also recalls that, you know, Big Kathy was affectionate to was yes, was affectionate to her daughters, but was also abusive. Um, you know, when she got mad at Kim, she would slap her, pull her hair. Um, and Diane says that her dad, Ken, would jump in because he didn't agree with it. So, and you got to remember, like, this is 1964, right? So, I don't know. I'm not excusing this at all. I'm just saying it would have been a little bit more socially acceptable, right, to use, like, physical violence as discipline. It just would have been more normal, um, so I could see why the family would just be like, don't do that, you know, but wouldn't make it into anything bigger than that. Okay. Um, even though it's obviously wrong. So Big Kathy also pulled Diane's hair at one point and pulled her across the room and her father had to pull Big Kathy off of her. And she was so mad one day, Big Kathy, apparently that she put a screw in Diane's cheeseburger, <laughs> which is like so crazy. Like, these stories are nuts, right? And these are coming from like Kyle's half sister, like just to reiterate. I know I've said that like a thousand times, but anyways, this was the straw that cro uh, that croak that broke the camel's back. So Diane left after this. She said she couldn't take it anymore. She was scared for her life, and she just couldn't live in that household anymore. On top of that, she left, and right around this time, so April nineteen sixty eight. Kathy found out she was pregnant with Kyle by accident. And according to uh, Diane, Kathy was not happy about this. <laughs> so she was furious because she wasn't planning on having another baby. And I guess her and Ken's relationship was not good. So, you know, despite this, you know, she was pregnant. She kept pursuing Kim's career kept saying how Kim was so special, had the like it factor, could just do it you know, would mention that she's so much better than little Kathy in the acting department. Um, but, you know, Ken, according to his other kids, he did the most parenting. Like, he did the midnight feedings. And his third wife, Sylvia Richards, really said that she felt that Big Kathy only cared about her daughters for the money that they could make her. Um, you know, Big Kathy spent a lot of time, like, teaching Kim how to memorize lines as soon as she could read. Um, Kim had inherited a trait of her father's, which is that he also had a photographic memory. And apparently he was accused of cheating in college due to this. So Kim had the photographic memory. She took direction very well. She was cute. She was bubbly. Um, but according to, <laughs> according to, I think it was either Diane or Sylvia, not the smartest, which I mean, based on what I've seen on the show, I would agree. Um, Ted Bessel, who was also a child actor, who eventually became a director and producer, um, he got to kind of see Big Kathy in action on sets. And he was interviewed for this book as well. 
And he says that Big Kathy was a quote-unquote horror show and a quote-unquote impossible-to-deal-with stage mother. <laughs> Not surprising, right? Um, but, you know, Kim's career was taking off, so Kathy really put the most emph- emphasis on her. You know, she would use, you know, like according to Sylvia and Diane, she would use like love and displays of love to kind of control Kim and her career, you know, make it like the more roles you land, the better you do, the more love I'm going to put onto you, which is maybe why, you know, Kim has such an insecurity about whether people like really care about her or not. Um, she, She also made Kim very dependent on her. Um, so that she could be in complete control. Um, Now, it's said that she did this with all of them, but mostly Kim, because she was the big money maker. So she kind of, like, made it so that the girls were all, like, desperate for their mother's love and approval, so they would do anything to get it. And she also made them very dependent on her. And doesn't that make so much sense? Because, like, think about how they all are, like, that kind of Stockholm syndrome. It's very, you know, almost like loving your abuser. It makes sense, right? Um, So Big Kathy really, it's also said she really pitted her daughters against one another. You know, at one point there, so as I was saying earlier, there was one point where Kyle was booking a bit more than Kim. And apparently Kathy would heap praise on Kyle in front of Kim and say, well, this is my baby. This is my little sweetheart. Kyle's working. What are you doing? So that's according to Sylvia Richards, who was uh, Ken's third wife. Um, Sylvia also says it was, you know, devastating to the girls, like when their mother would do that because they wanted to be like the, you know, the favorite or the one who was like getting praise and love. And she says, like, direct quote, I don't know how anyone survived in that family, which I guess that's kind of arguable whether they did in some ways, because it seems like, you know, there's a lot of emotional issues now as adults. I mean, they survived, obviously, physically, but, you know, there's problems. So Sylvia also says that Kim really want Kim like wanted to please her mom so bad because she felt like her mother never really loved her. And maybe that's because she made money so fast and she was successful so fast. So she probably felt like all the praise and love she got was because of her ability to work and make money. So she probably wanted like she was probably craving that love with no conditions, like that unconditional love that has nothing to do with booking an acting job, right? So it seems like she's the one who wanted to please her mom the the most. It's almost like Kathy and Kyle didn't do as well. So in some ways, because they didn't do as well, you know, they, they still, they got some love from their mother and it wasn't like dependent on working. Whereas Kim's became, because Kim was so successful, The affection she got was from working and nothing else, right? So that was kind of all, she became like fully consumed by that, which it's almost like in some ways kind of a blessing that Kathy and Kyle were not as successful because it allowed them to, you know, like live a life outside of that box, right? Um, But, you know, it does say like all three really were constantly trying to please their mom And according to Sylvia, they knew their father loved them. So they never felt like they had to prove anything, but it was like Big Kathy would imply that they had to prove it through their success, etc. 
you know, some people, you know, there's a couple people interviewed in the book who said that they, they even feel Kim eventually became jealous of Paris once she became really famous, even though it's her niece, because it's like Paris took over as like the most famous in the family. <laughs> so Kim was kind of like, I don't know, low-key mad about that. Um, now, there was a show that, so then Kim booked a show eventually called Nanny. And when that came out, Kim blew up. And at this point, apparently Kathy Hilton, little Kathy, became envious because at this point, Kim was making all the money for their mother. You know, Nanny ended up only being on for two seasons. Um, and it was like, you know, people said like the cast was, or the the set, the cast, the show was cursed because the man who played Kim's father on the show died of a heart attack. And the person who played her brother, uh, Trent Lehman, committed suicide by hanging. Kim was only 18 years old when her co-star committed suicide. So you can imagine like how devastating that would be. Not only is she like, she's not going to school. She doesn't have friends in a social life. Her life and her people that she's around, that she's creating connections with, friendships, those are her fellow actors who are on set, especially the young ones that were her age and were living the same kind of life. Like those were probably the only people she felt like could understand her. And then, you know, and like I was saying before, you know, it's being like a young actor or a childhood actor. Like there's so many abuses and so many ways that these kids are taking advantage of or and mental health. And he committed suicide. Um, however, you know, Kim kept going. She still had to keep working constantly. She was like, the money was raking in. Okay. They even have a list of like all of Kim's acting gigs. She was like on, okay, Nanny, here we go again. Um, NBC's Hello Larry, um, series like, you know, she had guest appearances or cute young girls, girl roles and things like Chips, Magnum P.I., Different Strokes, The Dukes of Hazard, The Love Boat. Like she was a regular on the Walt Disney lot. She appeared in more than a dozen TV and feature films. Um, she was only the second child actress to be offered a highly lucrative contract with the Disney organization. So she had really fulfilled Big Kathy's dreams. Okay. And she never had a childhood. Okay. Um, Kim even said, this is a direct quote from Kim Richards. I remember driving home and I got this from Real Housewives, by the way. I remember driving home and seeing people in windows having dinner, wishing we were doing that. And I didn't have a whole lot of friends at school because I wasn't there to make any. So yeah, we have Kim who you might think like, wow, this girl's got such a glamorous life. Look at, she's booking all these roles. She's like the, you know, one of these child stars that's like getting paid so much money and everyone wants her in their movies and in the whatever. But she didn't want that. Like now, nowhere have I ever heard, like I have heard it said that she had a natural ability and a God-given talent, but never have I really heard anyone say that Kim like was born and was like, I have a passion for this. This is what I want to do. This is like the thing I love the most that brings me the most joy. No, what Kim says that about is always family. Her daughters, as we've seen her on the show, right? And now when I see this quote, like she just wanted to be having dinner with family. Like clearly that was what was most important to her. 
and, you know, maybe having friends and people who really loved her. So, you know, Kim did have some friends, though, which, again, like I said earlier, were other child actors. And that's what made it hard because we have, you know, her, the man who played her or the boy, whatever, who played her brother committing suicide. She had a friend, Dana Plato, who died of a drug overdose. Todd Bridges, who had drug issues, run-ins with the police. Like, God, like how that is must be so hard, like for a young woman, a teenager to be dealing with all like addiction, overdosing, suicide, like, and I'm going to assume Kim probably wasn't getting therapy. I'm just going to assume that in the seventies or whatever, that she probably wasn't getting, it doesn't sound like her mom was really gave a shit about getting her the help that she needed and helping her get through this. It was just like, what job are you booking next? Okay, so I'm going to pause there. And that is the end of part one. So for part two, we're going to be moving on to, just to give you a little preview, um, we're going to be talking about Big Kathy kind of spinning out of control. So she eventually gets to the point in her life where things are out of control in terms of money, in terms of her marriage, just everything. Okay, and we're going to kind of get into you know, her attempts to sort of alienate her husband from his daughters and the eventual divorce, okay? As well as a little bit more about um, Kathy marrying into the Hilton family and, you know, her mother's kind of connection to that and how her mother kind of you know, fit in with the Hiltons and things like that. So we're going to get more into that next time. Okay. And I hope that you enjoyed this part one. I think it was very eye-opening in terms of like building a profile of why these women are the way they are. So thank you so much for joining me for part one. And I hope you enjoyed it. And please share, rate, review, subscribe, all that beautiful stuff that I love. Please, please, please. Um, you know, you could also subscribe to my YouTube channel. I would appreciate that. All the information is going to be in the show notes in terms of my social media, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. And I will be adding some of the family and childhood pictures as well to the Instagram post when I release the episode. So take a look out for that. If you're not following my podcast on Instagram, it's at the Bravo Papers. You can also follow my other Instagram where I do my Twitter roundups at Bravo and Botox. So until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo.